This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 298. Today, AC and I are going to talk about Azure updates and more. Recorded live April 4th, 2019. Hey, we all know that sometimes shift happens. That's why this spring, the inaugural Shift Happens Conference will be coming to Washington, D.C. on June 12th to June 13th. Hear from industry heavy hitters, change agents, and innovators as they share digital transformation wisdom. With keynotes by Microsoft's Jeff Tieper and Tony Towns Whitley, and analyst insights from Constellation and Forrester Research, this event is not to be missed. Over two days, find out how to get the most out of your Office 365 and SharePoint investments, and hear about the successes and failures firsthand from some of the largest and most regulated organizations. For more information, visit www.shifthappenscon.com and use the discount code CLOUDSHOW for 25% off registration for both single and group discounts. Bruh. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? I've been better. <laughs> yeah, you're a bit croaky. You've got some uh, chesty, polony craziness going on by the sounds of it. Yeah, I. Uh, after being on the road for two weeks, the southeast of the United States is like a pollen explosion right now. Right. And it affects me quite a bit. So it was in my head. And then it's kind of like drained down into my chest. And so as you will probably hear, I'll go on mute a few times and be short-winded because I start coughing pretty bad when I'm talking, which is really tough to do a podcast. At least this time you're, uh, is it your, your back isn't spasming and I'm not feeling guilty about laughing at you too hard, too much. No, yeah, so now you won't feel guilty at all. Now you're just going to kind of just laugh out at me anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, um, so this week we are going to keep it pretty sweet and short, I think. We've got some news to get through and some updates and bits and pieces, but um, I'm heading out to Italy tomorrow for a couple of weeks, so by the time this comes out, I will be, I don't know, sipping espresso somewhere, I guess. I'm not entirely sure where I'll be, but you're going to be flying solo for one of uh, for the week after, right? I think you've got an interview or something lined up, which should be good. And uh, so we'll, obviously the shows will keep coming out, but um, yeah, I guess next time we'll be talking, I will be back in the land of the U.S., and missing coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you head out to Italy tomorrow. I head to Alabama today. Family and I are doing a road trip to Birmingham, Alabama to go see a, well, my second of the season, IndyCar race on Sunday. So another race weekend, uh, a bunch of cool support races will be there. The Porsche GT3s, you'll tell Brian about that. Oh, yeah. Lamborghini Super Trofeo series and a couple other series will be there too, including the IndyCar series. But Awesome. Yeah, and I think the next, we're going to take a week off because you're going to be gone. This is 298, so we'll take a week off after this. Uh, yeah, as people have already picked up, we didn't end the show last week like we joked about as an April Fool's thing. Some people are still talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's what we should call this show. We're back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what we'll put in the title. There you go. Yeah, there you go. But um, nice. yeah, we're going to take uh, one week off because you're going to be gone for what we normally would record two shows. And so we'll take one week off and then we'll come back and we'll do episode 299 where I'll be solo. And I've got a, I did an interview. I've already recorded an interview with someone. So I'll have some news update with that. And then your first week back is when we'll record episode 300. And 300. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't want to record 300 like way in advance. And then your little escapades out to, you know, family vacation to Italy was kind of right when 300 hit and we're like, you know, let's we figure this out. Yeah. Let's just put a, let's just put a buffer week in there so we don't screw something up. So yeah, not exactly. 
So yes, it's going to be uh, craziness all around, but uh, I'm looking back, to, looking forward to kicking back for a couple of weeks and um, and uh, getting back into it when I return. Absolutely, yeah, man, it's been uh, be fun, be absolutely hey, fun. Something if you're coming to build 2019, or I guess first up, build 2019 is coming up in May. April, May, yeah, May 6th, I think, or 8th, 6th to 8th, something along those lines. So if you're a dev, Microsoft ecosystem, obviously, Build is, is a pretty big deal. It's in Seattle again this year. If you are coming along and you're a listener of the show, I will be there in full force doing some interviews and podcasts, recordings and things like that. Come see us at the podcast center if, if you're around tweet me or something along those lines. We'll see if we can uh, connect a build. Yeah, kick him in the knees for me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Not my left knee. My left knee's bad. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> yeah, definitely come and uh, come and say hi. I'll tweet out when I'm going to be there and, and all of that, but it'd be cool to meet up. We have to have a little uh, podcast meetup if there's enough interest. We've got a, a bunch of stuff going on. We got, we got, I've got the SP Fest in Washington, D.C., is coming up at the end of April. I've got, you've got, we've got build coming up at the beginning of May where you'll be, and then we'll both be at the SharePoint conference in Las Vegas at the end of May. Yeah. We still don't know if they're doing like live shows or something there or not. They've been kind of cagey about that, but. Hmm. Yeah. You know. Well, we'll have to see what we can, uh, see what we can wangle, so to speak. Yeah. We should definitely do a meetup there. Just completely impromptu, like one like happy hour kind of thing. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd we'll be really good. All right. Should we get into some news? Yeah, I guess so. Are you being asked repeatedly to integrate different business systems in ever narrower timeframes and with increasing process complexity? What if you could standardize the way you build these business processes so your team are focusing on higher value tasks versus the nuts and bolts of running the processes and integrations? Nintex can make it happen. With a Nintex platform, workflows from person to person, system to system, to the cloud and back. Got a custom system you want to connect with? No-code extensions let you plug into systems simply and easily using REST and Swagger. With Nintex, work just flows, so your teams can work smarter, work faster, and be more connected than ever. Try it out free for 30 days at www.nintex.com forward slash try NWC. Struggling to reproduce problems in your code base? Successful software starts with Raygun. Raygun provides application performance monitoring, unlike anything you've experienced before, offering greater clarity around how your software is performing for your customers than any other APM provider. Easily detect and diagnose issues impacting end users and monitor every part of your stack in one place. It's time to get back to building great software instead of fighting it. Start your journey to better software quality. Try Raygun free at raygun.com today. Okay, we've got a couple of good news items this week. I'll lead things off with Microsoft Graph stuff. It's not exactly news, but it's kind of a handy utility. So um, we were sitting in a, in a session at MVP Summit talking about Graph, and the topic came up around making it easier for developers to get started with Graph and learn about the APIs and all that sort of stuff. And you and I had been chatting about using Postman and how I was doing some work with the ADP APIs and they had this really handy Postman collection that you could import into your into Postman and it had like all the APIs you could possibly call and how you call them. And so I suggested it, you know, sort of brought it up and they were, they were uh, very receptive to it. Anyway, it turns out Jeremy Fake, good friend of the show, uh, took it on board pretty fast and um, 
it turns that's great feedback into how do you like them APIs. Yeah. So published a, a blog post on the 29th of March pointing to a new GitHub repo with a bunch of Postman, with a big Postman export that you could import into your own and get started with Graph. So it works pretty well. I downloaded it a couple of days ago and started playing around and it's really nice just having everything all defined there and being able to play around with it and, and uh, call the graph. Yeah, it's funny how when the request came out, you know, we got the we have the what's it called the graph explorer, which is one way to be able to be able to query the graph and see all the stuff that you can the kind of queries you can issue and the kind of results you get back. But then it was funny because in the session that we where we were talking about this, you know, you you brought it up and said we'd be great if we could get this. And it was funny because they said that they were kind of implied that they were already thinking about it. And when they asked everybody in the room, you saw like the entire room, all their hands went up. And my big feedback to them was, I like the Graph Explorer and it's great. And I get why a lot of other people would prefer it. I personally prefer to use something like Postman because you can see the entire stack, not just the request and response of the, of the query that I'm sending you and then the results I get back. That usually isn't the hard part. The hard part is, what about all the request headers and the response headers and authentication crap and all that stuff? So that's the part that, you know, having something like Postman where you can see the full stack and it's like, now I can apply this to whatever tech stack I'm using. That's where I find the value of it. So it was, it was really cool to see that they were as responsive as they were. I mean, after he did the first post of it, I think we were talking to Jeremy on the side and he's like, God, you see how many people have actually downloaded this in the last 12 hours or something? So he went through, spent a bunch more time and just said, well, let's go add everything. So they, I think everything is in there and it's, yeah, it's just, great. it's a great way to do it. I wish other people would do this as well. Yeah, super helpful. One more before we move on to some Azure stuff. I've got this cool article that I found called How the Tech Giants Make Their Billions. And it's sort of a, it's a nice sort of infographic-y style article. And it talks about the breakdown of each big company like Apple and Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, Facebook, and how they make their billions, right? So it sort of it shows a nice breakdown of, you know, Apple makes 62.8%, which is 166.7 billion from iPhone, for example, and then services 37.2 billion. I just thought it was really interesting because it gives some insights and especially as it relates to Microsoft and Amazon, like how much from AWS, for example, Amazon make, and then how much Microsoft makes on Azure, so to speak. Well, yeah, it depends how you categorize it. Like they say it's Azure is 23.7% of Microsoft's revenue, but what they really mean is the group that makes Azure mm. accounts for 23.7% of Microsoft's revenue, which includes server products and cloud services because Microsoft doesn't break it down like that. So it just felt it was really interesting seeing how much money some of these other businesses make and for what they make it with, you know. So like Surface, for example, devices at Microsoft is $5.1 billion. Like, holy smoke, when did they get so big? God, that's that's almost surprising. I mean, I, it shouldn't be surprising, but it is it's surprising to me. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of interesting to see how it all hangs together and then they do a, a bit of analysis on relative sizes and how much profit each of them make and things like that. So it's a uh, yeah, just interesting, I thought. Oh, that is pretty cool. Good find. I have a couple things that are all related to like monitoring as far as Azure goes. So first of all, that Azure's had this ability with something inside of Azure Monitor. I guess all the stuff kind of falls into Azure Monitor. And 
they have a, these alerts that you could take advantage of and some related APIs that you can be notified when something's going on. So for example, if there's like, I got an alert last week, I, th- I think I texted you about this where I was notified that like say on a, that the databases in the Azure East region, SQL Azure databases or Azure SQL databases in the East region were having issues. I went and checked our site, everything was fine, but I was able to send you a text and just be like, hey, heads up, I'm getting these alerts from Azure. It's not affecting us right now, but who knows if this does affect us. Like we had something else that actually hit us about sometime last week as well, where somehow things just got completely haywire and like a multi-tenant site that I've got was, everything was routing just to one tenant. So like the podcast all of a sudden was routing to my to my domain. Yeah. Anyway, so the news is that they're migrating from these classic alerts to a more detailed or a newer style of alerts. And the newer styles let you set up like multiple filters to give you greater granularity. You can create like a ton of alerts. You can set up things like dynamic thresholds, action groups, all kinds of things that are really cool. The old alerts, they can't just be automatically upgraded over to the new alerts. There's like a, a whole new schema that you got that you have to model to it. And what they've done is they have created a tool that makes it easier to migrate from the classic monitoring alerts to the new monitoring alert. So that's available for you now. You can go take a look at it. And if anybody's interested, that we'll have all these things I'm getting ready to go through are all in the show notes. The other thing that they've done too around Azure Monitor is they've got some updates on where things are available. So they announced that Azure Log Analytics, which is part of Azure Monitor, is now generally available in the following regions, France Central, Korea Central, and North Europe. And Log Analytics has also been introduced or added as now being available in the Azure China Cloud. Ooh, so if you've got your stuff deployed there, you're more services coming to Azure China Cloud. Yeah, absolutely. And we also have a public preview of log analytics inside of Azure Monitor to the following region. So remember, the ones I just gave you a second ago, those were all GA'd. So the following ones are coming, these are the ones that where it's now in public preview in the following regions. And keeping in mind that, you know, log analytics, this collects telemetry from a bunch of different sources and uses the query language from Azure Data Explorer, which I think you, people might be familiar with that as the code name Cousteau previously. Oh, yeah. So public preview in Central U.S., East U.S. 2, East Asia, West U.S., and South Central U.S., the Meltdown Data Center. (laughs) The unlucky one. (laughs) Oh, dear. It gets a bad rap. It it does. It does. Yeah. Very nice. What else you got for us? I've got one here around Azure Functions. They have a new plan, a new premium plan that's available. This new premium plan, the benefits included with it are network isolation through VNet connectivity and secure access to resources in a private network. You can have pre-warmed instances to avoid the delay when calling an idle application for the first time or cold start, which is interesting because that I thought that's what the reserved instances were instead of just having the consumption plan that you were on before. So I'm not sure what the difference is here. Hmm. You also have advanced scale controls for customized deployment. So you can specify both the instance size and the min and max instances in which it's going to be running. So that sounds a lot like scale sets that we have with VMs, where you can say, when you go from one kind of scale thing, jump from, don't just add like one, but add like, you know, capacity for 50 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's a bunch of them. Plethora. Oh, you're dying. <laughs> AC's dying. Uh-oh. 
I'm off mute. I feel bad uh, for you. We got a bunch of other ones. I don't know. Do you want to do our Kubernetes, our containers updates uh, here? Um, and then I'll do some last ones or you want me to do all these? Go for it. Well, yeah. Well, if you're not feeling up to it. <laughs> How about you do the containers ones? I'll start. Let me do the portal ones and then I'll take a, I'll take a break and I'll let you take over. How's that? Okay. Sounds good. All right. So I noticed this a couple months ago. What Microsoft was doing when it comes to the Azure management portal or portal.azure.com is they started to post a blog post, a monthly blog post of all the new things and updates and stuff you can find inside the portal. And um, I missed the one for uh, March. Actually, it wasn't too long ago, but this was from uh, March 14th. A bunch of updates that they had. They've got things around IaaS, so virtual network gateway overview updates, a new full screen DNS zone and load balancer, create blades. There's things around activity log. There's a redesigned overview blade for Azure SQL databases. Sorry, Azure databases for MySQL, PostgreSQL, and MiraDB. Improved creation experience for Azure SQL. A lot of stuff around Security Center, things around Intune. And then I've got a link to the blog post where it actually shows you a bunch of screenshots and details on the changes they did. That's all stuff they added in March. Stuff that they added in April, this was just announced two days ago. So more stuff around IaaS, so improved create experience for managed disks and non-ASCII characters for VM names. For the Azure Data Explorer, again, this is the Cousteau thing, new full screen create cluster experience, more stuff around Security Center, more stuff around the Azure Site Recovery, a classic admin tab for RBAC. There's an updated support request experience and even more stuff for Intune. So these are these posts are really good. I just gave you a footnote on what the, the bullet points on what the updates were to the portal. If instead of reading through all of these, I thought that why don't we just throw the things that they focused on so that if you want to learn more about what those updates are, hey, come to the show notes for the podcast and you can click on the blog post and it will take you to the details of each one of those things. So you can actually see what the changes were that they made. Yeah, gotcha. It's nice. Now, containers. We love containers. I love containers. Yeah. There's some good container news this week. So first up, public preview of um, Windows Server 2019 container support in Azure App Service. So if you're an App Service fan and you want to be able to go deploy containers run on Windows hosts, you're good to go with Windows Server 2019. Like Windows Server Core, Windows Server Nano, there's a bunch of different core versions. So if you're a Windows container person, that's great news for you. In other news, Kubernetes, AKS. So Azure Kubernetes Service, it's the managed container Kubernetes offering that Azure has. They're releasing released preview for cluster auto-scaling. So this is if you want to automatically scale your cluster and make it bigger under load and shrink it down when you don't need it. You can use the auto-scaler to help you do that. Mm. Um, it'll add new instances to your um, to your scale set when more capacity is required, basically. Pretty nice, rather than having to manually code that or manage it or what have you. Nice wee addition there. Lots of people have been asking for this one, so glad to see that arrive. And then if you are in France, AKS is now generally available in your region. Oh, there you go. The 18th region to offer the service. Oh, very cool. So, yeah, it's fun. Like I said, a couple of podcasts ago, I'd be fascinating to know what goes into like making a service available in a region. Maybe one day we'll get somebody to talk about that. But 
yeah, they tend to typically slowly roll out through different regions. And so now France can take advantage of AKS. You know, that would be a fun interview to do with someone like at Ignite. I'd say at Bill, but I think at Ignite would be really good too to find someone who's responsible for the business of Azure and just kind of, you know, what, what does it go into the whole like managing or running Azure from the business side, how to plan out where a new service is going to go, et cetera. Yeah. Find somebody to do that for, jump on the show with us and do that. Yeah, for sure. Cool stuff. All right. Should we have a quick break? Talk to one of our great sponsors and then we'll be back with the picks. CJ's Hyperfish automates the collection of user profile information from users in organizational directories, such as Office 365, SharePoint, Active Directory, and HR systems. The secure service supports on-premises, hybrid, and online environments. Bring your directory to life at hyperfish.com. ACs Voitanos delivers on-demand video-based training for developers on the latest SharePoint extensibility model from Microsoft in his course, Mastering the SharePoint Framework. Okay, AC, it's that time of the week. It is that time of the week. I've got a fun one. So last week when we were on the show, I told you that I was at a small business conference and one of the speakers that was at the conference was actually the CEO of a company or the founder of a company that I use in my business, somebody called Wistia. So if you're not familiar with who Wistia is, Wistia is a, they're a video hosting company, but the videos they host is, are primarily used in a marketing scenario. So I use them for, for hosting the videos for my course, but also for marketing stuff. But if you've heard of sites like Vimeo or, well, I mean, of course, you've got, always got the big one, YouTube. Wistia has a lot of cool features that they have in their site. And if you're into video, if you're into whole, you know, how do I do my own videos and stuff? They've also got a ton of fantastic educational content. But one of the things that that I found with these guys that they I learned about last week was that you know they do a lot of their own content, and they have always wondered they've always been limited on how much you know what their budget was on the content they can do. They're they're a classic startup. They've got funding and stuff. They went in and they said, you know, I wonder what it would cost or what the difference would be if they went to an ad agency and they said, if you ha- did the same ad, but you had you did it with a $1,000 budget, and then you did it again with a $10,000 budget, and then you did it again with a $100,000 budget, what would that look like? And not only what would it look like, but they wanted to document the entire process. And so what they did is they went and found this company called, or this, this studio out in Los Angeles called Sandwich Video, which you probably would be very familiar with some of their work, especially with the main guy. You've seen him in, like, he's the, the, the founder of the company is usually the one that does that is like the main feature in the different, in the videos. Oh yeah. If you go to the link and you look at the, the, the bearded guy, you would recognize him in, the, in the, some of these ads. So what they did, Wistia has a product called Soapbox, which if you've seen another product called like Loom or use Loom, it's a plugin to Chrome that will allow you to just basically turn on your, your webcam and to record a screencast that is going to cat, use the camera on your laptop to record you and your screen. And then it makes it very easy to say, when it produces the video, show me or show me and my screen or just show my screen oh, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. So it makes it super easy. It's a free tool called Soapbox. So what they did is they went to Sandwich Video and they said, we want to hire you guys to do three videos using three different budgets. So we're going to give you $111,000, do a $1,000 version of it, a $10,000 version of it, and a $100,000 version of it. But we also want to send three of our guys over and we want to do a documentary on the entire process. And so the link that I have in the show notes is to an Amazon Prime video that's free that you can go watch. It's called 110 100. It's about an hour 
and 45 minutes long. And I sat down and watched it earlier this week. I actually sat, sat down with my son and watched it. It's really cool. The thousand dollar video is like, you know, it's just a director. There, he doesn't have anybody helping him with stuff. So it's all like cardboard paper and glitter and no animation, but like holding a stick with a thing there saying, here's Soapbox. And then he did one where it was at the $10,000 one. I thought the $10,000 one was probably the, the most appealing. But when you got like a $100,000 one, they had casting, they rented out a whole new facility. They brought in this camera that's used for like commercials. They had makeup. Yeah. Oh, it was freaking, it was, the whole thing was really, really cool. But they talked about, Here's the hardware we used. Here's the mic setup we used. Here's the lighting kit. Here's the cameras. The $1,000 video was done with his iPhone. The, uh, another one was done with the DSLR. So it was, it was pretty cool. You, you might like it. That's awesome. I, would, yeah. uh, I will definitely go check that out. That, looks, that sounds interesting. So how about you? You got a pick for us this week? Very basic pick for me this week. There is a sort of an animated GIF movie, I suppose, up on Twitter of a Soyuz capsule docking with ISS. And normally this takes hours, right? It's a very slow process, but this animated GIF runs for 18, 20 seconds, and it shows the whole sort of process of Soyuz approaching ISS and orienting itself correctly and then coming into dock. And it's, um, it's all sped up, obviously, but it's fascinating how it's sort of... Because it's all automated, right? The docking procedure with ISS is all computer-controlled now. And so it has these certain moves that it does to get in the right spot and orient itself with the with the docking module and then go in for the close. And it's um it's great. I thought it was really interesting. This is really cool. That was really cool as you were describing it. It was really cool to watch it kind of come in. But so did you read the the thread below it? No. Oh no, my god, this I is read awesome. any of the comments. The tweet is a Soyuz capsule docking docking with the ISS. And then the first comment is, come on, TARS. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome, though. This is, there's t- all these links are, going, are all from Interstellar. That, you know, that movie, the soundtrack to that movie, like, I can't remember what was his name, Hans? Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, yeah. Where they take the, the sound there and they've shown like the slow-mo, have you seen like the slow-mo of the shuttle blasting off or a SpaceX launch or something? It's, been, it's so cool to see people who have like superimposed so much of that other audio to to uh, yeah. different space things or stuff, but with that, yeah, really- yeah. So anyway, so that's the uh, that's my pick. That's a good pick, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of bit of fun. Even better. Scroll down to Slopey on April the first, and he actually took the Hans Zimmer music and actually put it to that, that video. Uh, classic. <laughs> and people on the internet are good. Oh, they are. Thank nice, you so much, man. Yes, likewise. Like I said, we'll be back. You'll be going solo. And uh, you've got an interview for us. So, um, or for our listeners, I should say. And so tune in for that. But hey, we're back this week. A couple of people didn't think we would be after last week. Apologies if we uh, set you off on the wrong foot. But, you know, hey, it was April the 1st after all. And we definitely do continue, our plan to continue the show. Yeah. And can you share the story you, you shared with me before we did the, the recording? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, the anonymous version. <laughs> yeah. So um, one of our uh, sales guys at work said, hey, I'm, I'm chatting with this, with this customer, potential customer, and it turns out that they either heard about Hyperfish or, or put two and two together and said, oh, no, yeah, I listened to the podcast. And he's like, oh, all right, that's really great. And then the customer said something along the effect of, yeah, it's a real shame they've, 
they've given up on it or stopping it or something like that. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Oh, I, oh, okay. Anyway, so he told me this and I sort of explained that it was an April the 1st thing and that we were actually going to continue that and that he should really go back to this person and say, hey, don't worry, there'll be more. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. if, so if, if this sounds familiar to you and you're listening to the show, I, uh, <laughs> I apologize. But uh, yes, so we will definitely be continuing. Yeah, we got a few people that saw the title and then didn't even listen to the show and they're like, wait a minute, what? But yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a lot of fun. All right, AC, have a blast without me and we'll see you next time. Have a good time in Italy, man. Enjoy the food. I'm jelly. (laughs) And the coffee. Oh, the coffee. (laughs) All right, dude. See ya. Bye. Did you like this episode? please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in iTunes. Word-of-mouth recommendations are the most effective ways for us to grow the show. We'd really appreciate it. If you have a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com questions, where you can submit it as text or record it as an MP3 or WAV file and provide a link so we can play your question on the show. Our theme music is brought to you by Keith Ritchie. For more information on Keith's music, head to music.kritchie.com. You can subscribe to us in iTunes and Google Play Store by searching for Microsoft Cloud Show or via RSS at microsoftcloudshow.com, where you'll also find show notes of each episode. You can also find us on Facebook searching for Microsoft Cloud Show or on Twitter at MS Cloud Show. And finally, sign up for our mailing list by heading over to our website and entering your email to interact with us, participate in upcoming interviews, and other cool stuff. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.